Welcome to the Messiah Podcast. We are so glad you tuned in today. Whether you are driving, doing chores, or taking a walk, we hope the Lord quiets your head and your heart to hear truth and be challenged through His Word. Without further ado, let's dive into the message. Good morning. So good to see you today. And uh, grab a Bible. We'll just start turning over to Mark chapter 11. And uh, it's really good to see you. It really is. Whether you're, you're joining us online, whether you're here in person, I'm just so glad you're here. Uh, this is such an incredible uh, lesson we're going to be looking at today. And if you notice the songs we've been singing, I mean, it really points us heavenward, doesn't it? I mean, think about, you know, that song that we just sang for a second time. We sang it last week for the first time. I mean, a million angels fall face down on the ground. What an image all to echo, holy is the Lord. And it kind of catches us because you know what? That's going to be us someday. Someday we're going to be with those angels and we're going to hear, I mean, praise and honor out to God and we're going to be like falling on our knees, falling on our face and worship. Um, it's going to be such an incredible, incredible time. But the, the dichotomy, if you will, is that, you know, we've got that to look forward to, but then we've got to deal with life, don't we? And, and life is so different here. Life can be so hard here, and then yet we're pulled heavenward. I mean, that's why we gather for worship, because maybe for a few moments we get to really connect with God. And you're going to see this lesson is really about connecting with God. And we have the chance to come together, connect with each other, connect with God in worship. And uh, so it's amazing. Okay, let me, let me kind of set the stage for just a little bit about what we're talking about. Uh, I wonder how many of you like to paint. And uh, I, I'm not one that likes to necessarily paint, but I like it when painting has happened. Because uh, before you paint, I mean, there's a reason we always, you know, like paint your house is what I'm thinking about. Uh, before you paint, you know, look at the walls. You know, they're probably dings, you know, scratched, you know, discolored. Um, who knows what's going on in your wall? And what's amazing about carpeting when you remodel and what's amazing about paint is that it completely covers over everything. You know, like you can have so many blemishes and it completely covers it over. And we all like to do that. We all like to kind of have something fresh that like what's seen is what's fresh and carpet fresh. Um, and you know what? We're all a little bit like that. I mean, why do women wear makeup? We want to hide some blemishes maybe. Uh, why do we wear the clothes that we wear? Well, maybe they make us look a little skinnier. Maybe they don't make us look the way we look. So, and we have all kinds of blemishes, and we know that. So what we like to do is cover up so that people can't see the blemishes, but people get to see what's maybe on the outside. Well, that's kind of what's going on today, except Jesus is going to approach us a little bit differently. So in Mark 11, I know we just celebrated Easter, but we're going to go back just a little bit, and we're actually back into Holy Week for a moment. It's Monday. Um, Sunday was Palm Sunday, then there was Monday. You might remember Palm Sunday. Jesus rides down in a, a donkey into Jerusalem, sees what's going on in the temple grounds, leaves, and now he's coming back the next day. And so the next day is where we're starting. So chapter 11, find verse 12. And I think you're going to see this is really appropriate for us today. The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, that's about two miles, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves, because it was not the season for figs. 
Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. Well, if you're thoroughly confused, yeah, I was too. I'm like, what? He knows. I mean, this is the creator talking. And he goes to the fig leaf, and it's not in season. And I'm like, all right, there's got to be more to this story. And there actually is more to this story. See, I learned this about figs. I had to do some some hunting and uh, learn about fig trees. And when fig trees are in leaf, that's usually about like right now, like April, um, this is when they leaf. So take a look. Here's the first picture. This is like a fig tree leafing. Now, I, I picked this one particularly because can you see the little fruit? See, figs are different because you can see the fruit hanging right in the middle there. See, figs, when it's in full leaf, even though they're not ripe, they ripen in about June, and this is what they look like when they're ripe, okay? That's what they look like when they're ripe. So that's what it's going to look like in June. So if you're really hungry, then you eat in June, and you get, like, filled up with just a few figs real quick. But go back to the first one. So when Jesus saw this fig in leaf, the crazy thing about figs is you can actually pick it now and eat it, like, immediately. You don't have to wait. Every other fruit, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to eat, like a super green banana. It's not ripe yet. But figs are different. You can actually go when a fig is just starting to leaf, and you can actually grab the fruit off of that, and you can eat it, and it's very satisfying. That's what I learned. So what's the deal? Jesus is hungry, goes to this leaf, goes to this fig tree that's in leaf, and that would give the impression like, man, there's going to be some fruit on this fig tree. And he gets to the fig tree, and there's nothing. There's nothing. Why is that a big deal? Why would God make sure we knew this? Because he's setting up what's actually going on in Jerusalem. See, and this is where it starts to apply to us. The outward appearance is like, I am loaded with fruit. The reality is, there isn't any. When he gets into Jerusalem, you have the temple and all the religiosity that's going on. That looks so religious. No fruit. No reality. Just appearance. No substance under it. So it's almost what we might call like an allegory, like like it's a comparison to. And we're going to see this as we go on now. That when he gets into Jerusalem, like, like he's in the temple grounds. This is just let me let me tell you how significant this is. Throughout the whole Old Testament, when they were wandering under Abraham, and then we go a little further, and David wants to build in Jerusalem when God finally leads them into Jerusalem, and God chooses Jerusalem. And says, that is a place I will dwell. That is a place you can always find me. That's a favorite place of God's on all planet earth. Jerusalem and the temple. And when the temple was built and David prayed, God, if anybody ever prays in this direction, would you hear them and and listen to their prayers? I mean, there's so much in the Old Testament surrounding this temple area that is treasured by God. You know why? Because that's where people would travel to and they would connect with God. Now we've got, you know, churches everywhere. But there wasn't 
there weren't churches everywhere. There was the church, the temple in Jerusalem, and you would come long distances, and what would you do there? You would, you would sacrifice to God. You would give an animal. I mean, God loves a good barbecue. He really does. Because when God hears it, smells a good barbecue, somebody's repenting of their sins. Somebody's wanting to connect with God. And so Jesus, when he would smell a barbecue, when God would smell a barbecue, it was just like, somebody's connecting with me. Somebody's repenting of their sins. That's what was going on. And so if you think about this favorite place in the entire, for thousands of years, God's favorite place, here's what he finds. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, he's quoting from Isaiah 56, is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations? Then he quotes from Jeremiah 7, but you have made it a den of robbers. Can you hear the aggravation? Okay, there's even more to this story. Now, if you want, you can turn with me. Turn, uh, we're coming back, but turn to Deuteronomy chapter 14. And we'll get a little bit of an understanding of God's heart for Jerusalem. And then you'll understand why Jesus is so angry. So Deuteronomy 14, page 191 in this Bible, find verse 22. God's talking about tithes. Be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. Eat the tithe of your grain, new wine, and olive oil, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks. Here it is. In the presence of the Lord your God... At the place he will choose as a dwelling for his name so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always. That's Jerusalem. But if that place is too distant and you've been blessed by the Lord your God and cannot carry your tithe because a place where the Lord will choose to put his name is so far away, then exchange your tithe for silver. Take the silver with you and go to the place the Lord your God will choose. Use the silver to buy whatever you like, cattle, sheep, wine, or other fermented drink, or anything you wish. Then you and your household shall eat there in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice. Okay. What God wants, here's what he's asking the people in the Old Testament. I want you to come into the place. I want you to come to Jerusalem, to the temple. And there I want you to worship. And I want you to connect with God. And if you can bring an animal, bring your animal and sacrifice the animal. But God also said, but I want you to enjoy it as well. So the priests, if you will, the Levites would get a portion of it. And then also then they would celebrate and they would get to eat in the presence of God. But here's what happened. Let's say you got a, a lamb. It's your favorite lamb and you live 100 miles away, and you don't want to carry a lamb 100 miles, and the lamb can't walk 100 miles without dying. So you sell your lamb for $100. That's what God said to do. And you go to the temple, and you go to buy a lamb. I'm sorry, sir, that lamb's going to be 
I, 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 don't, I don't have $250. I know, but that's, that's what it costs here in Jerusalem. But what's the problem? The problem is that person came to worship God and now somebody through ripping him off, now he can't buy a lamb. He can't buy a lamb to celebrate. God says, buy whatever you wish. Buy cattle, buy, buy a lamb. He can't buy a lamb. Well, you can go over there and get two doves for 100 bucks. Yeah, those, those are worth like five bucks. I know, but it's 100 bucks. Go celebrate before the Lord with two little doves. Now, put yourself in that position. You would be hurt. You would be aggravated. You would be mad. I came to worship God. I gave up my favorite animal. My best animal. That's what God asked for. I, I, gave, I sold it so that I can worship God. And then I get, to, I get to worship. And now I'm mad. I'm aggravated. I can't provide for my family. I can't worship God the way that I wanted to worship God, that I thought I was going to worship God. And these guys sitting across the table are smiling because they know they're ripping me off. Do you understand? What happened to connecting with God? It turned out to be something horrible and maddening. And imagine if the person says, I don't want to do that again. And God's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait. I want you to come and connect with me. I want you to come worship. And so when Jesus walks in the temple and sees this going on, he's, he's appalled. Here's the other thing that was going on. Money changers. You know what the money changers were? There were three kinds of currency. There was Jewish, there was Greek, and there was Roman. Roman had Caesar's inscription, his face on the coin. And then you had the Greek that always had goddesses listed like on their coin, images of goddesses. And then you had the temple, uh, the Jewish one. And that was, you know, God's people. The Jewish people had their own, their own money. So you would give an offering to the temple. But you couldn't give it in Greek and you couldn't give it in Roman. So what you had to do is you had to go to somebody who would exchange your money for Jewish, and then you could go to the temple and you could give your offering to the temple because they didn't want to accept, if you will, Caesar, and they didn't want to accept goddesses, so exchange your money. It just makes sense, if you, if you will. Same deal. Okay, I have my $100 offering. I'm bringing in my $100 to give to God. That's my offering to God. I get to the temple. And here's the money changers. So I exchange it and they say, here's 60 bucks for your $100. Huh? Wait, wait, my offering is $100. No, it's only 60 because I'm taking 40 of it. Do you understand the aggravation of God? They're coming to worship. They're coming to give God their best. And they're being ripped off. Where? In the temple grounds. Not out on the street. In the temple. And this is where Jesus, if you will, came a little unglued. What are you, what are you doing? See, here, let's go back to the fig tree. 
you're walking around very religious, as though this is a very religious place, as though it's a place that God, people are seeking God. And what's going on? Right below the surface, we're ripping everybody off who walks through the door. In the name of God. And Jesus was like, what? Now, how does this apply to us? Would you just think a minute? What do people see on the outside of us? Are we consistent right below the surface? Do we give an impression, but there's no fruit? See, turn, if you will, we're going to go on in Mark, but turn to John 15 for just a moment. And we'll learn something here. John 15, page 1081. Jesus is talking here. Now this is just a couple of days later. So think about the fig tree. We're not talking years. We're talking about three days later. Jesus, it's now Thursday night. Jesus is talking here. He says in John 15, I am the true vine and my father's the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are ruddy clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine. You're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. All right, go back to Mark. So let's put this together. So what God's saying to us is stay connected to Jesus. Worship Jesus. Stay connected to Jesus. And when we're connected to him, then fruit bears in our life. And that's what God wants to see. He just wants us, we're not responsible for the fruit, we're responsible to stay connected to the vine. God provides the opportunity for fruit to happen. Those are like, you got an opportunity to make a difference. You got an opportunity to do something for somebody. And you do it. There's the fruit. You have a chance to be patient with somebody because you're connected to Christ. You have a chance to do the right thing because you're connected to Christ. See, God says, stay connected and the fruit will come. So that we're not like the fig tree that when he looks at us, there's no fruit. That's an unconnected life to Christ. All right, so now let's go back to Mark. We'll wrap it up here. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. All right, now do you see? This is the craziness. Religiosity everywhere. And behind the doors, they're like, let's figure out how to kill him. Let's kill him. Kill him. Kill Jesus. Is that godly? No. But they were walking around so religious. But then behind the scenes, what are they doing? Scheming on how they might kill Jesus. And Jesus called them out. Verse 19, when evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed is withered. Have faith in God. There's our Bible verse for today. Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, 
go throw yourself into the sea and, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. They were amazed that Jesus spoke the word and the fig tree withered. Now, I'm not going to go back to John 15, but if you go back to John 15 and read a little bit further, it says, if we remain in Christ, ask whatever we want. Ask whatever we want. God will give it to us. Why? Because we're staying connected to God. And when we're connected to Jesus, he says, what's on your heart? What can I do for you? What would you like me to do for you? But he says, when you pray, pray believing. Don't, don't pray wishful thinking. Don't pray like, well, when I pray, I'm just wishful thinking that God might do something. Pray expecting God to answer your prayers. And he does. Uh, do you realize that when you pray, like right now, well, you're going to have a chance in a little bit here to pray. When you pray, God actually answers your prayer immediately. You just may not know the result of it until later on. Your prayer is answered when you pray. See, look at, look at verse 24. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it already before it happened. Did you catch that? God, I'm asking for you to heal me. God says, done. By the way, it's not going to happen for three weeks, three months, three years. It'll happen. You asked me to do it. It's going to happen. You just don't know when. God, I need a job. You know what? God says, done. He just doesn't tell you when it's going to happen, but he already answered the prayer. He already told whatever you prayed. He answers it immediately. That's why he says, believe that you've received it. Like, God, I trust that when I pray, you're not only listening, you're answering. Why is he doing that? Let's, let's put all this together. He wants us to connect with him. That's worship. They went to the place designated to worship God. We've gathered, whether online or here in person, we've gathered to connect with God. And God loves to connect with us. God loves it when we pray because he loves to hear us and he loves to answer our prayers. He loves it when we reach out to him and he doesn't want anything to stand in a way like what was going on in the temple grounds, the money changers and, and, the, and the robbery that was going on. He, he wants to remove all barriers so that you and I can connect with him at a heart level. That's what God wants. That's what heaven is, is about is connecting with no sin, connecting with no issues, connecting with no challenges. They'll all disappear so that we can connect fully with God. That's what heaven is. But this side of heaven, we have to work a little harder and make sure that we're doing everything we can to stay connected to Jesus, connected to the vine, so that that fruit can happen. I think I'll quit right there. Why don't we pray? Lord Jesus, you want us to connect with you. That's why you came to this earth, to forgive us for our sins, 
completely so that we can connect with you. And you don't want anything to stand in the way of us connecting with you. You don't want any barriers between us and you. And God, sometimes we put up barriers. Help us to remove those barriers. Help us to turn away from sin that could be a barrier. Help us to connect with you through your word, through prayer, through worship. And when we connect with you and we remain in you and we connect with you, you love to hear from us and you love to answer our prayers. As a father loves to hear what a child wants, as a mother loves to hear what a child wants and is so happy to do for them what they're asking. That's how you are with us, God. You love to answer our prayers. God, if there's anything preventing us from connecting with you, remove it in our lives. And please help us at a heart level to connect with you and worship you. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. change to come knowing the battles won for you have never failed me yet your promise still stands great is your faithfulness faithfulness I'm still in your hands This is my confidence Oh, you've never failed me yet. I know the night won't last Your word will come to pass my heart will sing your praise again Jesus you're still enough keep me within your love my heart will sing your praise again Promise still stands. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. 
time I've done this, but you're going to get a little addendum to the message today. Because I think there's something else we need to see here in Mark 11 before we talk about giving. See, God so desperately wants to connect with us. He doesn't want anything standing away. Listen to what at the end of this section it says in Mark 11. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in Heaven may forgive you your sins. Remember I said before, God doesn't want anything to stand in the way of us connecting with Him. See, what's going on underneath the leaf, if you will? What's going on in your heart? Is there anyone that this morning you're like, I cannot forgive them. I, they hurt me. I can't let this go. I'm going to encourage you, let it go. Do a heart check today. Is there anything 
that you're bothered, that you're like, God, I'm just holding something against someone. Let it go. That's what God's asking us to do. Let it go. Ask God to help you let it go so that you can really connect with him. So interestingly enough, our giving minute uh, is back in Deuteronomy 14. Let me read the rest of Deuteronomy 14. At the end of every three years, bring all the tithes of that year's produce and store it in your towns, so that the Levites, who have no allotment or inheritance of their own, and the foreigners, the fatherless, and the widows who live in your towns may come and eat and be satisfied, and so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. See, let's put two concepts together. Remember, God said, bring your tithe to Jerusalem and eat it in the presence of God. But then he also said, but in your hometowns, bring your tithe together and remember those who are less fortunate. That's what our tithes do. That's what our tithes do here at Messiah. Is how do we use, how do we tithe? That's giving 10%. How do we take, and do you know this? We take 10% of all that you give and then we figure out the best way how to help others. Dennis mentioned journeys. You know why we're talking about reopening it? Because we want to create a place for the high schoolers to come. We want an after school place for them, a lunch place, a before school place so that they can meet Jesus. We're not going to turn it into a den of robbers, a den of thieves and robbers. Let me be clear on that. But we're going to do it because we really care about high schoolers. And we want to give them an opportunity to meet Jesus along the way. So if you have any comments about Journeys, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can go right to the website, go to contact us, send us an email, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you, okay? Uh, but this is why we're really pondering reopening Journeys right now. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. That's why we're here, to connect with God. And I want to give you the chance to pray quietly. Test your heart. Pull the leaf back. What's going on underneath inside of you? Give it to God. And connect with God through prayer. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you are challenged and encouraged to walk in truth in your everyday. Please share with friends and family, and we can't wait to have you next time on the Messiah Podcast.